I know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. Just as the man said, it is us, those weekend golf guys. Or if in the here and now, it's these weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith in the Mobile Golf Cave. En route from one point to another point. And we're never quite sure which point is which. We do know they're pointy, though. They are pointy. That's all that counts, man. That is all that counts. <laughs> you know? It doesn't matter where... Doesn't matter where you are or how where you're going, as long as you're making good time. So That's right. I, you know what? There's two things about that. I always make good time. Believe me. Okay. And I'm just dropping pins all over the map. You got it. If I'm in the United States, baby, <laughs> I'm dropping pins everywhere. Gotcha. <laughs> well, good for you, man. Good for you. You know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about a myriad sub- different subject matter pieces here we're going to talk about playing playing games on course with yourself or by yourself that can help you kind of prove to yourself that you are indeed getting better and it's sometimes <laughs> you got to do them but when you're alone because other people will look at you funny and go better 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 player and it didn't have a thing to do with him learning how to strike the ball differently it was play better, learn to use better strategy, learn to where to come in from, where to put your ball, why are you going to try to put it there? Boy, let me tell you, his eyes were open because he was usually, and and this guy's a good player already, tournament golfer, and here's what was going on. He had the mindset of, I'm on the tee, I'm going to smash it, let's go find it and knock it close to the hole. Guess what? It only got him so far. He was always in a bad position to score. So I got him in a better position to score to let him navigate the golf course a little bit better, bring in the strategy part of the game. We talked about learning how to read what the architect is doing, what they're telling you, what's the superintendent telling you with the kind of cuts and the pins and where they are and where you should go, how you should get there. All right. Well, that sounds like something we can delve into when we get oh, a little yeah. further along. We're also going to talk about the 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 Matt Wolf wiggle. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. And how many people now saw him this past weekend? Going well, maybe I'll try that to get better. Ways you oh, can, yeah. ways you can, and ways you should not try to get better. That and a whole lot more. It's coming up when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. I want to talk to you right now about a very uncomfortable subject: money. How's yours doing? You heard what I asked. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to pry. I don't need to know an answer to that. I just want you to start thinking about it. Have you actually found the right person or the right company to help you with your financial goals? Because we all have financial goals. Maybe it's that bucket trip to uh, St. Andrews, or maybe it's just retiring in the, the lap of luxury, or whatever your financial goal is, you've got to have somebody you can trust help you along the way that probably understands money a lot better than you do. I would recommend Halpern Financial. Halpern Financial does not sell financial products. Clients do not pay commissions, account fees, or trading fees. So they're not beholden to anyone. They have no association with any bank or broker or insurance company. They have the freedom to select any investment available from any provider as long as it's the right choice for you. 
Now, you wouldn't hire any other professional without understanding what you get in exchange for the cost. Why should financial advice be different? We have a tendency to take financial advice from the first person we like who offers it. Halpern Financial is a fiduciary, fee-only, independent advisor that offers a combination of online tools and personal connection to help clients systematically achieve their goals. So again, as uncomfortable as the question might be for you to answer, how you coming vis-a-vis those financial goals? Well, we can answer that question for you, too, right now in privacy. You don't have to tell anybody else. Just go to halpernfinancial.com slash weekend, and there's a, there's a little tool there to help you calculate the answer to that question. halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Again, halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Figure out how close you are to those goals now and figure out what you need to do to get the rest of the way. In privacy, halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golfguys. And thanks for hanging. We are here, Those Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. You can always follow along with us uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash golfguys. Now that the weather is broken and summer has actually come and the rains have stopped for a couple days, things yeah, are finally. Dry- yeah, things are drying up. We we will definitely be doing some more live from the golf caves uh, or from the golf courses on Facebook coming up in the not too distant future. But let's let's get back to the uh, to the wiggle. We, the wolf wiggle. The wolf wiggle. <laughs> Matthew will first off twenty years old, and I'm sure there are academ academians, academic ag- college professors. There you go. All over the world, bemoaning the fact that he dropped out of college at the age of 20, turned professional, and in about a month made more money than most of them will in a lifetime. Yeah. He's got a big old grin on that face. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? He's sitting a little bit cockeyed now because his wallet got a whole lot fatter. It did. Real quick-like. Now it kind of remains to be seen. Is he a one-shot wonder? No. No. Uh, He's too steady. Okay. This This is going to be... not a flash-in-the-pan guy. Okay. There's real talent. There's real skill. Just watch. Okay. Time will tell. But the reality of this guy's move, it's just like Miller Barber's move, except more powerful, right? More explosive version of that. It's just, you know, it, it, it likens to, uh, to Ray Floyd and some of the things that Lee Trevino used to do and some of the things that Jim Furyk does only to a, a larger degree. So, Let's understand, this guy takes it back. His right hand is more on top of the club. He takes it back. It goes a little outside the target line. The club head is outside of his hands, and it stands up. And his elbow goes out behind him, and it crosses the line, and it's up. A lot like Furyk, except it goes across the line more. And then all of a sudden, as he gets into his downswing, his elbow drops in and moves forward toward the target line and his hand goes back and the club head goes back and it comes in on an inside pass. He's doing the loop that works. Mm-hmm. Got heavy, it? Heavy emphasis on those two words. That works. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the loop and the one that works. <laughs> yeah, that works. 
I, I understand that I um, heard a, a little anecdote that when he was being recruited for college, uh-huh. there was one college coach who did a, a visit to his home and said yeah. to him, and I quote, can't wait to get you on campus so we can fix your swing. And, yeah, his, not going to. and his dad said, thank you for coming. Uh, here's your hat. What's your hurry? My son will never be playing for you. And I should yeah. the man out the door. That's, there's there's a, there's a lot of truth in that statement that I see uh, and, and guys who, who put kids into college. Guys like Jason Sutton. We've had him on our program before. Guys like James Hong. Guys like James uh, John Dunnigan. We've had these great teachers on our show, and we all lament the fact that they take someone who they recruit. And this player, they're recruiting them because they're already skilled, because they can already produce, and they're producing it better than other people that they're trying to recruit. But yet, for some reason in their minds, and, I, and I'm not in, indicting all college coaches or many college coaches, just a few of them that actually do this, mm-hmm. is that they think for some reason that this person that they're trying to recruit to play on their team and they really want them because they're good, they think that they are the coach and the person to make them better by making them in the the view that they hold as opposed to understanding what is it about this player that makes them so good. That's a difficult scenario. Isn't that a bit of arrogance on the part of the coach? Well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but I mean but, we're not mentioning any names here, so you can decree. No, no, you know, but but let me say this: if if there's a college coach out there that doesn't think they can do something to make their players better, they should probably not be coaching. Right. 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 Okay. So I, I don't I don't want to say anything along the lines of the college coaches should just accept what they have and not try to do something to make them better because that's a ridiculous thing to say. But to take a guy like a Matthew Wolf or a Jim Furyk when he was in college or anybody with some unorthodox move that's not drawn up in somebody's book, mm-hmm. if that swing is repeatable and powerful and accurate, that's probably not the area that you should be messing around with to make that player a better player should go to the other areas and say, look, let's find out what your weakness is as a player and work on those things and become that kind of a coach for that player as opposed to, well, hey, uh, Matt Wolf, I, I really think that I need to change your golf swing and get it better. Wait a second. Why even recruit him in the first place if that's the case? Because now what you're saying to the kid is, ah, you're a project. Yeah. Probably not going to play as a freshman because I want to mess with you uh, when I get you there. Now you're mine. I get to put my stamp on you, and that's probably not what a player wants to hear. No, especially not not this type, this day and age. The guys no. who have uh, come so no. far so quickly. Uh, one thing, though, I, I do want to say, and again, I'm I'm trying not to cast aspersions upon anybody in particular, but I would think that a coach who acted that way would be a coach who, unlike you and the teachers of your ilk, who can look at a at a player of, of any capacity and understand what makes them good or what it is that makes them not so good and work to improve the not-so-good parts, I would think that maybe 
not understanding what he's doing when he swings like that, when a when a Jim Furyk or a, or a Matt Wolf swing like that, would be the reason why the coach would want to change because they don't know how to make you better doing what you're doing because they don't know how what you do makes you as good as you are. I agree with everything you just said there. Okay, great. Thank you. Look, this is not a first, but it's almost there where I've actually agreed with everything that just flew out of your mouth. I know. (laughs) I took that phrase, and we're going to actually record that, put it on a continuous loop. And, and just, play it in your house. And just play it now and again. You know, if I could just get get you and then get my wife to say that and just play them back to back, I'd be I'd be a happy camper, you know? So here's here's the thing to do with your wife. Yeah. Just walk around with a microphone and and find and, and, and like put the word agree up on the up on the window or something and, and and say, Hey honey, what's that say? And she'd say, I agree and you've recorded it. <laughs> Actually, what would happen in my house is I'd put the words up on the wall and say, hey, honey, what does that say? And she'd look at me and say, something that I would never say in real life. (laughs) Absolutely true. So there you go, man. That's right. So I'll just just have to just take my one win with you and move along. That's right. Hey, listen, I I saw something. um, I forget. I think it was uh, Greg Norman who was credited with saying that uh, what he does – is he practices only the things that he finds that cost him strokes. Yes, I learned that directly from him. I asked him a question one time, and I said, I was fortunate enough to be with him for about an evening, and and I had the opportunity to ask one of the greatest players who's ever competed major champion winner, number one in the world, all these things. And I got to ask him some questions. And one of them that I asked him was, I said, could you please tell me what were the real things that you focused on in your practice? He says, it's very simple. I practiced the things that were going to cost me strokes mm-hmm. in tournaments so, more than anything else, so why whatever can't- that was. So why can't the rest of us kind of adapt that sort of a training methodology or a practice methodology? And Jeff is going to tell you how you can do that and become much more better as soon as we come right back. Hang on. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy. Just go to twitter.com. We are at WKND Golf Guys. That is it. WKND Golf Guys on Twitter. Follow us. We'd love it. Last Friday was my birthday, and I celebrated accordingly. Drinks and dinner with some friends Friday night, and then uh, golf on Saturday morning. Spent a little too much time in the bar Friday night. Uh, I was not really anxious to get up and go play golf. In fact, I'd say golf was the last thing I wanted to do, but no, getting out of bed was the last thing I wanted to do. I was hurt bad. But I have found a remedy for hangovers. It's called Blowfish, and I swear by it. This is the only hangover remedy that is recognized as effective by the FDA. You take it in the morning, you drop two tablets in water, and you drink when the fizzing stops. And if you don't feel better in 15 minutes or so, they'll give you your money back. And with the discount you get for listening to us, it's a buck a hangover. One dollar. No-brainer. Because they're offering our listeners 20% off at 4hangovers.com 
slash weekend. That's 20% off your first order of blowfish at fourhangovers.com slash weekend. Fourhangovers.com slash weekend. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And we're back. I'm John Ashton. He's Jeff Smith. We are Those Weekend Golf Guys. You can find us anytime, thoseweekendgolfguys.com, or also uh, Facebook if you want to follow along with us and and, uh, go to facebook.com slash golfguys. Always easier to communicate with us there. Uh, Follow us or like us. uh, Do both. Why not? One extra click to do both. And you can uh, be alerted to all of the Facebook Lives that Jeff will be doing in the not-too-distant future. Live from the golf cave, live from the golf course. And some instruction, going to get you better. You watch it every Thursday or Friday morning, and then by the time you go play your weekend round, bam, you're uh, much more improved. There you go. So talk about being much more improved. Getting back to your uh, your brush with greatness there, your, your evening talking to Greg Norman and the whole concept of practicing what it is that costs you strokes. Yeah, so I, I understood what he told me right away. And then I elaborated on my questions mm-hmm. and I said, so beyond just a club, let's say your driver's giving you trouble. Of course, you're going to go practice those. He said, yeah, most of the golf course practice that I did, I would go to the course and learn how to make myself better in those situations. What he said he did was he had different shots that he knew were coming his way in the upcoming tournaments that he was going to go play. So he knew the golf courses. He knew what the conditions historically are at those golf courses. And he would go find the scenario wherever he needed to be to put himself in that situation to practice getting out of it really well. So if he knew, for example, that he was going to drive the ball certain distances, he was very consistent, widely known as one of the greatest drivers of the golf ball, you know, one of the top 10 greats. So he knew that was his strength and he knew what clubs he would have in coming in. And he also knew the golf course coming up and he gave me an example. And he said about four holes on this golf course, when I hit driver, I'm going to be hitting mid to short iron. So uh, six iron through nine iron off of a downhill lie to an uphill green. So, Naturally, I asked, so that means you'd go find that scenario and go practice it. He said, absolutely. That is a great example of what I would do, is I would go find that scenario on a golf course, and it didn't matter where it was, but I would hit those clubs off those lies. He would work on on the golf course, hitting them off of mounds where the ball's above his feet, below his feet, where he's standing on top of the dome. On, on a top of the mound and the ball's below his feet and forward and back and all those things. And, and because what he knew was that sometimes those shots are going to cost him shots by not 
getting them close enough. Right. So he gave me an evening full of some of the wisest information as a player that he would go do. He would tell me some things that he would do. He'd hit a lot of shots out of the face of a bunker on the grass right above the face. Like if you were, it didn't quite catch onto the green and it was just on that big steep upslope. Right. He'd practice a lot of those shots. He'd do it with different clubs. He would do it with different lies, thick grass, tight grass, all sitting behind grass, a clump of it. He would do every single thing that he could do. And so now I share that with an awful lot of the players that I work with. For example, earlier in the show, I said, hey, I just got back from working with a great, you know, a really good player, tournament player, and he needed more work to be a better player. I took some of those concepts that I had learned a long time ago from the great Greg Norman, and, and we made things up on the golf course. We did different things. I had him play a three-ball scramble. I learned this from a, a great golf professional friend of mine, Joe Bosco, who's got this great book out there, but he ought to go get this thing. It's called Real Golf. In his book, and, and Joe and I have talked together before, and, and we've talked a lot about these things, these on-course learning experiences really make you a better player of the game. And, and one of them is a three-ball scramble. And you just go out there and you're going, okay, and you know what these things do? They give you a three whacks at every shot, and you get so much out of it. You get confidence built. You get to have three whacks at something, John. Yeah. You get to go play the best one. You know what that does? Yeah, you, you get great. It's even better than having a mulligan on every shot, man. You got two. That's right. So then we change it up. We build it up, and then we start to add some challenge. I love to play worst ball. <laughs> Not just worst ball off the tee. That means you're hitting two balls. So if your first one's good, guess what? Your second one's got to be just as good or better, or you don't get to play that one. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right. Now go do it on the next shot, too. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, John. Go do it on the next shot, too. Uh-oh. 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 Yeah. Uh, go do it on the putt, too. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> now, all of a sudden, and then we vary it, right? Then what we did is is I took my player, and I said, okay, so now we're going to play three-ball scramble, and let's go do this for nine holes, and then the next nine holes, we're going to go play worst ball. And then we went out the next day, and we said, all right, we're going to play 18 more, but we're going to go three-ball scramble on the first hole, worst ball on the second hole, two-ball scramble on the third hole, and worst ball on the first and second shot only and play your ball in from there. So we started to vary the game. And all of a sudden, he started to focus better. He was happy with the strike. He was happy with the flight. His brain got engaged better. It was really interesting to see him morph from being a, a good player but a bad chooser. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's taking different clubs. And then he's looking at it going, okay, what does it take for me to have a better shot here? If I want to be able to use this shot, it isn't just standing out there with nine out of my hand gunning it at the flag. Nope. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, to really get a better outcome, what is the architect telling me? How do I get a better outcome here? What do I need to do to get this ball to turn out to be a better location to score from? Because if I'm playing this, and all of a sudden I'm playing the worst ball, and I've just hit a good one, 
I got to hit another one that's better than the one I just hit. Right. And all of a sudden, the thinking begins. And that's that's something. Let me give you. A lot of people are saying, "Yeah, well, I'm not a tournament player. Um, no, I don't play the same." It makes everybody better. Yeah, it it does. And there's something that you can practically not only use it to get better, but use it in in the in the near term. Just as as you're saying, the maybe the thinking more part. I played in a scramble yesterday. Okay, and the yep. scr- scramble was on a pretty tough golf course, but I knew that I was going to be a member of a four-person team. One member of that team was a female golfer who's really, really good off the tee. So I, I said, so why do I need Cheater. to? Yeah, why do I need to practice my drives? I don't need to practice my drives because she's going to get a fifty to hundred yard head start on me. I'm not going to be able to outdrive her. So what do I need to do better than anybody else? Well, there's two things I practice, and I practice them a lot prior to the teeing off on the scramble. One was putting, of course. Yep. Uh, because you can never be too good of a putter in a scramble situation. I, I made three birdie putts, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, and twice it was I let off. I was the first to putt. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, ostensibly to show them the line, and it was like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, there's the line. I hope you caught it because you're never going to need it. But but you know what that does for your brain? I mean, of course you do. It just happened to you. You're it fed you. Oh yeah, yeah. It gave you confidence right away. You're just out there going, all right. I'll I'll just throw it out there and you guys read it. And all of a sudden, you read it well. You hit the ball well. You hit it the right speed. You hit it the right line. And all of a sudden, bam! Your brain said, "Yeah, I don't need you people." Right, but but again, <laughs> there, again, there wasn't there wasn't that um, knee knocking. Oh my God, I got to get this right. It was like I I don't care. I think I know what I'm doing, but if I don't, there's still three more people got my back. So yeah. so there was not as much pressure on myself because uh, all of us, especially when you're sitting over a ball that you want to make sure oh, I gotta get a birdie, you put pressure on yourself. But the other thing I practiced, and this is I was so proud of myself because it it actually came came into play. I figured, okay, she's a really good driver. We're going to have a bunch of par fives. And if she hits really good drives from the ladies' tee on some of the typical par fives on this course, we're going to have a 200 to 215-yard second shot. Uh-huh. My range with a three-wood. How about that? So I spent, I spent a lot of time practicing the three wood, and on the final hole, a uh, final of our 18, it was a par five, and we were 208 yards from the green. And I hit the shot. And one of the guys playing said, this is uh, this is your wheelhouse, isn't it? And he went, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. So, so all of a sudden, what, Mr. Duffington did not show up? No, Mr. Duffington, I left him in the parking lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But see, and I wasn't standing over saying, oh, boy, I hope I get this three wood right. It was because I had taken, you know, maybe 15, 20 practice strokes with it on the practice tee prior to starting. And I knew exactly what I had that day. As we have often said, you know, practice a little bit before you tee off so you know what you have. And um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, some, you know what I find interesting in this whole conversation that we're having right now that? is that you actually 
showed up early enough prior to teeing off and actually worked at something under the guise of wanting to get it right on the golf course. Really strange coming from Mr. Iverson. Yeah, yeah, that and the free lunch, man. What can I say? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> More tips. We got him. We'll be right back. Don't you move. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golfguys. One of the many differences between men and women is the way we shop. And it goes back to caveman days. You know, the tribes were hunters and gatherers. The women would go through the fields and they go, oh, this looks delicious. I'll get some of this for later and I'll pick up this and I'll pick up that. And the guys were like, mm, we're hungry. Let's go kill something. That's what happens when we go shopping. You go, whether it's online or at the mall or whatever, the women go from store to store, from place to place, putting things in the cart, taking things out of the cart, thinking about it, maybe coming back. Guys, you look for something, you see it, you like it, you buy it. It's over. And there's a great website for guys, and they, they kind of take your old caveman instincts and bring it into the 21st century, and it's a great website for the modern man. And I got to tell you, it's called Rhone, R-H-O-N-E.com. Great site, great clothing. And I did something the way, mo I, the way most guys shop. I was on the website, and I saw a pair of shoes, and I went, oh, I like those. And I got them. And I got them. It was my first order, so I got it for 20% off. And you can too. Go to roan.com slash weekend and then use the promo code weekend when you check out and you too will get 20% off your first order. So make it a big one. You know, the more you buy, the more you save. I never quite understood that concept until someone offered me 20% off my first order. So I said, well, you know, why don't I make it all my first order? That would be a smart thing for you to do too. R-H-O-N-E dot com slash weekend. Uh, clothes, great polo shirts for golf, great shorts for golf, uh, great pants, dress shirts, shoes. Uh, yeah, they got them all. They got everything there. Check it out. It's a beautiful, beautiful site, and it's, it's designed for the way guys shop. R-H-O-N-E dot com slash weekend. Promo code weekend. Get 20% off your first order. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golfguys. And we're back this weekend, Golf Guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And uh, yeah, the, the scramble, man, it was great because like, like you have drilled into my head for the last five years, figure out what it is you need to do, figure out what it is you want to do, and then learn how to do it right, or at least... Practice doing it right enough so that you've convinced yourself that you can't because the self-confidence is 50% of the battle, uh, at least, as long as you, you know how to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So we, we went over a few a few ideas on some games you can play with yourself out on the course to turn 18 holes of golf into practice or to turn practice into fun, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Any other uh, wonderful tips? Yeah, yeah there's some things that I want that I, I want everybody to understand. Cool. Just because I'm doing this with a good player, taking him to the golf course, and playing different games and scenarios, doesn't mean that the average Joe can't do that. 
But here's the deal. Let's talk to you and everybody else who's the average Joe going, all right, give me some things to do that are real I can do on the golf course. Okay. So guys are sitting there going, all right, I need to be a better driver of the golf ball. Okay, fine. Go out in the afternoons when nobody else is around and play, but hit two off the tee, pick one up, right? So that way you're getting better at playing golf on the golf course instead of just going to the driving range. If nobody's behind you, hit two. Right. Don't hit ten. Hit two. Because the second you get too many balls down there, then all of a sudden your brain doesn't engage like it has to hit the shot, which is why I think it's important to play something like a three-ball scramble, right? You only hit three, but you want to hit each one of them well because you want to outdo the other one. Yeah. And then the other one that I like is worst ball off the tee because you still got to pay attention. Hit yourself a good one, and then you got to hit one better in order to play the good one. Right. Yeah. Right? And then if you hit a stinky one, now you go, man, I got to hit this one good, so that way I don't hit another stinky one. <laughs> right? So you got to you gotta know what you're doing because these things work for everybody. But when you're out there and you go, man, you know, the tees I play from, I hit the ball pretty decent off the tee. I'm hitting, I'm hitting a lot of nine irons, eight, eight irons in the greens. You know what that means? You're playing the right set of tees. That's what it means. Right. Right? Yep. But every time the guy gets the same guy gets a six iron or five iron or four iron in his hand on a par three or he, he hits one bad, he hasn't practiced that enough going into the green. Why? Because he doesn't drop a ball when he's playing at the yardage of a six iron, a five iron, or a four iron and hits the dang thing on the green. He just goes to his ball. Right. So I suggest to everybody out there, when you're out playing in the late afternoons and nobody else is around, after you've hit your drives and you're on your way to the ball that you just hit from the tee box, drop another ball at a yardage or a lie that you struggle with so that you're practicing that shot so you become more accustomed to hitting it. Mm-hmm. For example, I go out with players and I throw balls into the scenario that they currently continue to hit into to make them better at coming out. Going back to the very same scenario that Greg Dorman talked to me about a long time ago was he practices the shots that cost him the most strokes when he plays. Right. So if you're constantly hitting it into the rough, of course, you want to take a lesson, you want to hit it straighter so you don't hit it in the rough, but in the meantime, it sure makes a lot of sense to go hit it better out of the rough. So go throw balls into it and hit them out for practice. Here's one thing that I found out with all of my students. John, when you hit a ball sideways behind the tree into the rough, you're irritated when you get to your ball, you know why? Because <laughs> you, you hit it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you haven't gotten over that yet. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. But the scenario completely changes when you and I go out on the golf course and I start throwing a ball into a situation like that. And I say, all right, John, what are you going to do? And then you start saying, all right, well, I'm going to take this six iron 
and I'm going to place this thing just a little forward in my stance. I'm going to chop down on it with this six, cut through the grass behind it. Something's going to launch up into the air, and you get a better shot, and you look at me and you go, I never do it that well on the golf course. Yeah. Because I threw it there, and you didn't carry the baggage of I hit it there myself. Right. I did that. And didn't give. And what? you're just trying to get it out. And when you have that extra baggage, you also have the, the lack of confidence about getting any better from that point on. And That's being, right. Being able to uh, to actually right. do uh, the, the second shot. Uh, case in point, man, and, and this goes back to something you've been saying, man, and I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I'm not. I'm tooting your horn because anything I do good on the golf course is simply because you taught me how to do it. And one of the things you always suggest is to basically – not only envision your shot, but call your shot. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, it was par five. Uh, it was my third shot. I was about, I don't know, maybe 115 yards from the green. An easy pitching wedge on my part, with the one exception being there's about a 35-foot tall tree in my direct line to the flag. I, I just... To deal with that. Well, my, my partner said, you're going to go under it or you're going to go around it? And I you said... You pull the chainsaw out of the back, did you? No, no. I, they don't, I, I was playing at a course that they check for chainsaws before you go out. Man, it's terrible. Okay. Um, be a nice place. Unless, of course, you rent them from them. <laughs> you know, that's how it works. You know, they, don't exactly. want you, they don't want you to bring any... The, the big sign says, no alcohol, no food, no chainsaws. You know? It's ridiculous. <laughs> but no, I said... I said, listen, man. Well, Timberline run or something like that? <laughs> I said, man, I'm going over the tree. He was like, good luck with that. But again, following the expert tutelage of one Mr. Jeff Smith. Uh, what is it? My, uh, my what would Jeff Smith tell me to do bracelet. Took the wedge, a little bit forward in my stance, lined up and just, I, I, I'm going, I don't want to say I swung hard, but I swung with authority and with confidence. And that sucker cleared that tree with inches to spare. <laughs> okay, maybe feet to spare. And dropped down about six feet from the flat. Ooh. And and the hitting it high, and it was a direct right on right on line with the flag, and hitting it high like that, it came down very steeply. And basically stopped where it hit the green. I didn't have to worry about it rolling through or any of that stuff. Trajectory helps. Yeah. And it was like, man, where were the video cameras? Where's the instant replay? Jeff's got to see this, man. <laughs> I like hearing stuff like that. Honestly, when you said, you know, get out the, the, the what would Jeff Smith tell me to do bracelet, I thought for sure that you were going to pull that answer that you pulled one other time. You said, well, I'm going to go sit back and drink a beer and go sit in the golf cart. <laughs> I thought that's what was coming out next. <laughs> no, man. I've given, up on, no, I've given up on giving up. How's that sound, huh? <laughs> I like it. I love the perseverance. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, so. But, but I mean, I, it's, to, it's, to expand on that, okay. is that there are things that you can do like that that you can learn on the golf course what you're capable of. Yeah. Yep. This is why I'm a huge advocate of people when they go 
to the golf course that they don't always keep score, that they're out there sometimes for a different purpose, and that's to test themselves, Mm -hmm. not in terms of the lowest number they can shoot all the time, but what can they do so they can create new shots, so they can learn how to deal with situations so that when they are playing for the purpose of scoring, that they actually have more arrows in the quiver. Yeah. They know that they can use them. And I love doing that with people. It's the knowing you can use it that, that is probably the most operative there, too. Absolutely. The knowing it. Yeah. I've got this shot. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Nope. nope. I got this. Yep. I find it really rewarding to take someone to the golf course and make them a better player than they are just coming to me because I'm an expert in ball flight and getting them to hit it better or just giving them a putting lesson or a pitching lesson or a bunker lesson or those specific skills. I love getting people the skill of making better decisions. Love helping people navigate through the golf course in a safer, yet more aggressive way. Notice I use safer and aggressive. And aggressive, yeah. Well, and and again, going back to the the scramble um, that I played in, I don't want to call it an argument, but did have a bit of a conversation uh, where where the guy I was talking with had an uh, opposing opinion to me. About sure. about how to pick pick a a drive to use. We had two drives, both in the fairway. One was a, a little bit closer than the other by maybe five yards. I mean, it was negligible distance difference, but the angle was substantially different. We had right. we had one that was a an angle into the flag that had no hazards to cross over whatsoever, and had more green to miss on than the one that he insisted we play, which was closer, again, maybe 10 yards closer. Uh, it was, it was you know, noticeable closer. But it was... Was a, it his drive? No, it wasn't. It was his oh. wife's. It was his wife's. But, you know. Oh, well, there you uh, go. He's going to have to live with that decision if you pick the other one. Right, and he See? did. He picked that one, and, and he, he picked the one with a more difficult approach. And, you know, everybody basically went through the green, and um, we only parred the hole. And and as as we walked off, he said, I'm sorry, your drive was the better angle. Next time we'll go with the right angle. Yeah. So, okay. And there's a reason for that, right? There's a reason is that not everybody is a highly skilled player who has the ability to hit a ball over something, land it on something, and stop it. Yeah, especially the four of us. We had right. no idea how so to do that. This this is how we talk about it in terms of how the golf course architect tells you what to do. Yeah. You look at what's the best place to come into the green from and get your golf ball to go to someplace. They're smart people. They're creative. They're witty. And, man, they are diabolical sometimes, <laughs> yeah. right? I know that's right. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So they are, the golf course architect wins a lot. <laughs> it's like it's like they are the house in Las Vegas. 
That's how much the golf course architects win. <laughs> I wonder how much of being a golf course architect is trying to get back at all those guys who are better golfers than you were. I'll teach them. I don't know. I'll teach them. <laughs> I don't know, but man, they they make some beauties, don't they? They certainly do, man. They certainly do. Hey, uh, hopefully this helps. Hopefully you know a, a better technique to get better. Because yet we all have the capacity to get better. We just got to pay attention. We got to do it, and we got to do it correctly. So we'll throw that out there. You can use the information however you will. But hang out with us because we got more coming up in just a second. I want to talk to you right now about a very uncomfortable subject. Money. How's yours doing? You heard what I asked. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to pry. I don't need to know an answer to that. I just want you to start thinking about it. Have you actually found the right person or the right company to help you with your financial goals? Because we all have financial goals. Maybe it's that bucket trip to uh, St. Andrews, or maybe it's just retiring in the, the lap of luxury, or whatever your financial goal is, you've got to have somebody you can trust help you along the way that probably understands money a lot better than you do. I would recommend Halpern Financial. Halpern Financial does not sell financial products. Clients do not pay commissions, account fees, or trading fees. So they're not beholden to anyone. They have no association with any bank or broker or insurance company. They have the freedom to select any investment available from any provider as long as it's the right choice for you. Now, you wouldn't hire any other professional without understanding what you get in exchange for the cost. Why should financial advice be different? We have a tendency to take financial advice from the first person we like who offers it. Halpern Financial is a fiduciary, fee-only, independent advisor that offers a combination of online tools and personal connection to help clients systematically achieve their goals. So again, as uncomfortable as the question might be for you to answer, how are you coming vis-a-vis -vis those financial goals? Well, we can answer that question for you, too, right now in privacy. You don't have to tell anybody else. Just go to halpernfinancial.com slash weekend, and there's a, there's a little tool there to help you calculate the answer to that question halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Again, halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Figure out how close you are to those goals now and figure out what you need to do to get the rest of the way. In privacy, halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. And those weekendgolfguys.com. You ever miss a show? Go there. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there, please, and follow us and like us, and you will be uh, alerted every time Jeff does a live from the Golf Cave Facebook live program, which is going to help you as as immensely as listening to the last uh, 55 minutes or so of uh, information will. So, uh, again, just to recap, play games that help you get better. Practice shots that you know you have a problem with. Yes. Every time I get in this situation, I do this. People come to me a lot and say, and start the golf lesson with that statement. And yeah. I ask them, have you ever gone onto the golf course to try to practice to get better at it? And the answer is 99% no. no. So we go there, we deal with it. I give them the information that they need. I teach them how to hit it. Their eyes light up and they go, wow. Nuts. This reminds me, John, I am going to post on our 
Facebook page a little teaser of a lesson that I gave two people about hitting shots off of really screwy lines. This is the kind of thing that we're talking about now, getting to the golf course, learning to hit the shot yep. from the situation that we don't have to simulate it on a flat driving range because we can't. Well, you're honest with yourself. You know that there are situations you get yourself into repeatedly that you have problems getting yourself out of. Throw six balls down in the heavy fringe around a green and see how close you get to the pit. Okay? Yeah. Did I make my point? It's right on the top of your head, baby. Yeah, buddy. Because <laughs> I don't care who you are. Nobody can do that shot well without practice. Nobody. That's right. All right. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Go there. few things you need to do. One is fill out the form for the uh, Drinking and Driving Digest. And uh, we will have the uh, winner also to announce uh, in another, uh, well, on next week's show, the winner of the uh, Ben Hogan Wedge that uh, we're giving away. So maybe you can sneak into the Facebook page and sign up before we take that all down and try to figure out who Wait a minute. I thought I already won that. You promised. <laughs> no, it's not Jeff Smith. It's uh, it's Fred Smith. Yeah, he's Ooh. the winner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a phone to pick with you. <laughs> hey, promise him anything. <laughs> yeah the only thing i really can promise you is that we'll be back next week with a lot more great stuff so go uh practice practice what you're bad at get better and then hey go play some golf